starting my stream over because apparently there was no sound the first time. These are the joys of self-production. Anyone who wants to volunteer to come help Anoa produce, you know, holla at your girl, thewayofanoa at gmail.com or hit me up on Twitter or on Facebook because um, I thought I had it all figured out, but apparently I didn't. Um, anyway, uh, welcome to take two of The Way of Anoa for tonight. Um, I am... Okay, good. Everything's up. So I just double checked to make sure the sound was going through. Everyone can hear me. That's fabulous. Um, so anyway, so welcome to the way of Noah. Uh, I was talking about free pony day. Yay. Are you about to get a pony? Don't you want a pony? I want a pony. What color pony do you want? Um, for those who don't, don't, you know, allegedly Secretary Clinton referred to um, folks are just wanting, you know, free ponies. I mean, I think it was like a joke or something like that. And so I've been running with it. Um, but today is Medicare for all day. Um, you know, leaving no one behind. And as we all know, with the ACA as it is, there are, you know, millions of people who are still left either, un well, there are millions of people who are uninsured, even with the ACA in place. We have tons of people who are underinsured or who cannot afford a better type of insurance. Medicare for All is a program that already has bipartisan support. It's already a program that works. It is, you know, um, for most people, it's relatively affordable. So I think the current provisions from just the little snippets I've seen, I have not had a chance to read the bill yet. I don't know. Maybe I'll read it on my way to the People's Congress of Resistance this weekend. Not sure. Maybe that'll be some good uh, plain reading. Not really. But... Um, I believe what the plan is, is that they're going to lower the age from 65 to 55 and then, you know, include, uh, those who are under 18. And I think, I think it's a four year period. They're going to phase in everyone else. Um, so it's, it's, so it's, a, it's, it's been billed as a companion to John Conyers, representative Conyers, uh, house bill, uh, 676, which again, you know, both John Conyers and, you know, Bernie Sanders have, been going back and forth, you know, trying to fix our healthcare system, introducing bills, pretty much introducing the same basic legislation for the last, I don't even know how many years now. I mean, you know, John Conyers' bill, Bernie Sanders and Dennis Kucinich both had been co-sponsors of that um, when they were in the, uh, the House. So it's really interesting right now to see people who are claiming that, you know, Bernie's just trying to destroy the party, that this is just, you know, more pie in the sky and all this other stuff. When, when really this, this has been something that many folks have been advocating for. There's a huge community, um, from, you know, medical professionals and others that have been actually been advocating for some form of single payer system here in the United States. So, um, I was, but one thing, the point I was making when you couldn't hear the sound was what was really interesting is that when we were, when I was talking earlier um, with some folks and in, in, in a thread we're all in, you know, even though he drives me insane and I'm, you know, uh, but I got to give him kudos because this is a really good observation. I'm not just going to steal his point and claim it as my own. Um, Zed Jelani, you know, made this, made the, made the point earlier that, um, you know, when you looked at the, the ushering in of the ACA and that whole process, that it was you know, very industry dominated, right? You had, you had, you know, corporate, you know, sponsorship and industry and just so much focus on making sure that the, the powers that be were kept happy with the legislation. 
and 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 conversely now when you're looking at the launch of medicare for all you know bernie sanders is flanked by you know not just his co-sponsors from the senate but nurses um other advocates like it's a completely different feel this time around so that was a really astute observation for someone that i generally get on for you know lacking critical thinking and analysis but hey i can admit when people do a good job and give them credit and kudos. And I thought that was a really good observation from, from Mr. Jelani um, from The Intercept. But but it's really watching how the narrative is coming down right now and watching the lengths to which people are going to go through, go to to not only discredit Senator Sanders as if this is solely his idea. I mean, it's not. There are tons of people out here. Again, Representative John Conyers, who's a very well-respected and loved member of Congress, has had the same idea, right? Um but, but but people are like, well, you know, people are going through mental gymnastics and trying really hard to 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 not find value in this simply because Bernie Sanders' name is attached to them. And it's just like, how petty are we, right? Like, if there's something that's good, if there's something that's beneficial to the people, I mean, there are people out there talking about they, they'd rather uh, vote for, you know, whatever extreme Republican instead of Bernie Sanders. So, like, really what you're saying is you're just petty and, you know, the Pumas are back again um, and that you just don't like him, not that you're willing to do what's necessary for the greater good. And, you know, some people might say, well, Bernie Sanders supporters didn't do there was a small percentage of folks who did not vote for Hillary Clinton in the, in the general election. You know, we can go back and forth with what happened, right? It's what happened Wednesday. I can't wait for Jacqueline to come in in a few minutes and, and join. We can talk about some more of that. But, like, when we really look at the grand scheme of things, blaming people who, you know, Puma's in, in a higher percentage of voter of, of, of Hillary supporters from 2008 to not vote for Barack Obama. They proudly not only did not vote for the first black Democratic nominee for president, who later became our first black president, but were so incensed over her loss that they would rather support and go to the camp of a of a campaign that ran a, a racist, they ran a race, I mean, John McCain ran a racist campaign with Sarah Palin in 2008. Hillary Clinton went there, John McCain took it there. And so when we look at what's happening, I mean, you, people can say that's a parallel, but that's a problem with pettiness in American politics, right? And that's a problem with, you know, different issues, but it, it is up to the candidates ultimately to make sure that they make, the, they do what's necessary to get people to vote for them. And, you know, that didn't happen maybe effectively enough because even though Secretary Clinton may have gotten more votes than anyone ever before, you know, she got more votes, but she got a smaller percentage of the voting population. So we can talk about, let's talk about numbers for a little bit, right? I like numbers. Because you can talk about raw numbers. Raw numbers, like, really mean nothing, right? When you look at the percentages. Like, when you look at the fact that the number of people who were eligible to vote has gone up in the last nine years, right? So, of course, you had more people voting because more people were eligible to vote. Like, duh. Um, but it doesn't mean anything because Obama was still able to overcome the extreme vitriol and racism and hatred that existed in this country to become president and she couldn't do it. Um, you know, all this nonsense about Russia was hacking machines and stuff. There's no, absolutely, literally no evidence. Like we're, there's no evidence. However, you should be focusing on secretary of state elections if you're really concerned about voting machine integrity. Like that's just my, my two cents. Um, real quickly, a couple other things that happened. 
Motel 6 apparently in Phoenix, I think it is, it was a report out of Phoenix suggesting that Motel 6 has actually been turning over, or at least this one Motel 6 has actually been turning over its um, rosters to ICE. Um, so Motel 6, people have been paying to stay at Motel 6 and they have in turn turned their roster over to, to Immigration Customs and Enforcement. Um, yeah, that's pretty shitty and I'm looking forward to seeing what their response is because uh, not that I'm staying at a Motel 6 anytime soon anyway, but at the same time, you know, corporations um, interacting in that manner and basically narking on people and putting lives in danger is, is, is highly problematic and needs to be addressed. The other thing that happened, actually this happened yesterday, um, Trump's uh, voter commission, you know, voter integrity commission, integrity, uh, really it's, a, it's some, some cockamamie nonsense about voter fraud, but um, they're considering a proposal to actually institute background checks before allowing people to vote. So just like you'd have to get a background check when you go, you know, to get a gun, they want you to have a background check before you're allowed to vote. This I mean, I, honestly, this should be considered unconstitutional. Uh, we'll see how this actually plays out. But, um, you know, with, 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 with Kobach's uh, a voter, with, with this commission, you guys can check out my debates. Uh, you know, what was it like in July? I debated a, a staffer from the Heritage Foundation about voter fraud, and which is virtually non-existent. Um, in the United States, uh, actually in New Hampshire, they just, it was just called out that Kobach was alleging that there was massive voter fraud in New Hampshire. And it turned out it's just an attempt for him trying to defraud students and deny them their access to vote. So there's a lot of stuff that's going on right now. And people can say, oh, see, this was happening. And this is why Hillary lost because, you know, all these different factors, but you know, the voter fraud issue, the allegation of voter fraud and election integrity has been a con serious concern with the, this is the first, this was the first presidential election without the protection of, you know, the full protection of the Voting Rights Act. Um, you've had massive, with, 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 with um, cross-check, you've had massive voter suppression efforts all across the country, North Carolina, Wisconsin, Alabama, I mean, so many different places. And, you know, when these issues are being raised during a primary last year, people don't want to relitigate the primary, but, you know, um, you know, folks scoffed because it didn't really matter because they were getting the result that they wanted in the primary. But unfortunately, those same people that had issues during the primary, some of them had issues during the general too, and it still wasn't resolved. You know, these are issues that people have been fighting, you know, for, for, for years now. And the Democrats kind of just like, you know, sit on their hands because in some instances, particularly looking at the state and local level, Democrats benefit from some of these mishaps as well. You know, Democrats don't have clean hands when it comes to issues of voting rights. You know, they put on a great show nationally but um i mean we, we've seen examples of this happening you know at, at the municipal level at the state level in various instances finally last thing i want to talk about before i bring jackie in uh my girl maria senator maria from missouri uh was officially censured uh by the she's the first senator to be and she's the first senator to be censured um for her comment on facebook uh, you know, mind you that there was a massive uh, effort to try and actually get her removed from office. Uh, as of right now, that is not happening. She's been censured. They may try to, you know, take that back up in January. But for now, this is what's happened. She's censured and, you know, moving on. I appreciate, um, you know, all of her work. She's been out and about in her district, you know, talking to people, um, making sure that, that, that her rep, the people she represents, um, know that she is there for them. She's been very, you know, remorseful for 
for having a human moment. I mean, it's, it's so strange to have someone apologize for being emotional in a moment. I mean, particularly when you look at the collective trauma and stress that people within the greater Ferguson and St. Louis area have gone through in the last several years, and then to have the current administration, particularly at the time she made this comment. And mind you, people keep saying, oh, she made a Facebook post. It wasn't a whole frantic Facebook post, you know, promoting something. It was a singular comment that she made in the wee hours in a thread of so many other people talking about their trauma and stress and frustration and sad feelings. So it was inappropriate, but it was in a visceral response to a very screwed up situation on the heels of our president making the alarming commentary that he made after the Charlottesville incident, after Charlottesville attack, right? Um, we have a president that has been willing to openly excuse and make excuses for you know, race-based terror. And, and when you add this on to, you know, what is already happening with so many people, like, I don't blame Maria. Would I have made the statement the same way? No, but I don't blame her for, for what happened. So I'm going to bring in my girl, Jackie. I am going to bring in Jackie now. Um, hello, Jackie. Hello. Uh-oh, the host is, I will start my video. I'm trying to start your video. How are you? How are you figure, doing? I had messed up the sound. I had messed up the sound. But I got the sound <laughs> working now. <laughs> I do that like every week. <laughs> every week. I'm just like, what do you mean there's no sound? <laughs> I mean, it's like, if, if only I had time to like do this and like get prepared better and, and, and produce and stuff like that. Um, this, is, this is what happens when you are the staff, you, your <laughs> husband, dog, like our dog does the sound effects. <laughs> so like we'll be sitting here talking and you'll hear this weird, like rustling, banging. That's our dog, like making his presence known because he doesn't, he's mad that he doesn't have like a spot on our show. So I, I understand. I, I'm just... I'm just like, well, sometimes I'm like, why did we even get into this? This is so stressful to get it right. It is. It really is. <laughs> I was like, I love my, I had been making a mistake. Like I'll do my, I'll record like through my podcast only episodes. Like I'll record the interview. Then I'm like, oh, it's okay. I'll just go back in and edit the intro later. Then I'm like, uh -huh. I have no time to actually edit the audio. And I'm like, damn, I need to go back to my one take interviews Cause like mm -hmm. now I've been like, oh, it's okay. I'll edit it out. But like, it takes me forever to actually sit down and edit. And then I'm not a sound engineer by, at all. So, <laughs> so anyway, so you, you had some pretty interesting times this weekend. You got to sit on two, what it sounded like were two pretty awesome, um, you two awesome panels um, at the, the People's Convergence. Can you tell me about the two panels you were on uh, this weekend? Yeah, so um, I, I I don't ask me how this happened. I just somebody nominal. Don't, don't be like you don't know how it happened. Yeah. I mean, uh, Erykel uh, Bloss. I've known her for a little while, and um, kind of out of the the issue that we went through with mm -hmm. you know the whole uh, 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 neo Nazi faction of the progressive online. <laughs> The, the Nazi youth of, of, of the progressive world. Yeah, I said it. <laughs> I said it and I meant it. 
<laughs> um, so, you know, I'm, we're, we're out there, you, me, and a couple, you know, a bunch of other people are, are confronting this and people see it's a problem. And Erica realized even in her organization that there were some issues with people who did not like that she took a stand for people of color to have a, a centering presence and voice. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, you know, I watched her go through that, <laughs> through that. So she asked me if I would be on a panel. And, and I said, okay, sure, I, I'll do it. And um, it was funny because, <laughs> because she, she sent me the title of the panel like mm -hmm. um, maybe three or four days before the conference. And she said, what do you think of this? And uh, she, she, she said, do you think it's okay? And, and when I read it, I said, oh, I know exactly where I'm going with that. <laughs> Just leave it exactly where it is because the title is exactly the problem we're having. So um, I, I was on this panel with, with I mean, Yane and, and Kenny, uh, the young man I had not met. I love uh, Kenny. I, so I, I am I in love, Kenny. love with Kenny him is the best. Kenny I am in love best. with him now. I was so mad that we didn't get a chance to talk to him before we left. Kenny but is the best. Like, definitely like, going to connect with you him. You should definitely interview him. He will be, I interviewed Kenneth, uh, I don't know, wow, back before the springtime even. But I remember mm -hmm. uh, when they, uh, I remember when we were right after Charlottesville, uh, mm -hmm. it was literally on a Sunday night. They had a big mass protest in New York, and I was sitting here with Kat Bresler from People for Bernie because it was right after Netroots had just ended. She spent the night. And mm -hmm. I know I'm telling all the business, y'all, but this is the inside, this is the inside stuff. <laughs> but no, seriously, we were literally, we're watching Twitter feeds. We're, 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 we're mass tweeting everything. You know, I'm sending her stuff so she can tweet out from the big page and things right. like that. And, and then we see that Kenneth had actually got arrested and his arrest was right. videotaped. And we were literally both like about to cry. And so I'm watching wow. Kat. Kat's like, who, I need a lawyer right now. She's like, I'm in Atlanta and I'm trying to get jail support. Like, oh my God, this is so crazy. Wow. So like Kenneth is amazing. He is well loved and respected in the community to be mm -hmm. such a young brother. I'm looking forward to seeing what he does long-term. That's my little spiel about Kenneth. <laughs> Look, my, my husband was, uh, my husband's, he's, he's the cameraman. He's the executive producer of our stuff. And he's the, so he's the cameraman of my husband. When he was filming, <laughs> he was watching Kenny uh, speak and the look on my husband, my husband seriously wanted to sit there and go. <laughs> he's, he's serious. I, mean, like, he I, I was serious. like, I heard that. Yeah. He's I heard that young brother talk and I was like, dude, I don't, what else am I supposed to say after that? But so so we have this great discussion on this panel and it was very well attended. Well, and Yane, I mean, shout out to Big Sis Yane. Like, I mean, I mean. <laughs> it was it was it was great to be on a panel where you don't have to um, convince people that there is a problem. That mm -hmm. that was refreshing for me because I honestly expected, I really did, and I and but that's because I'm I'm kind of pessimistic. By nature, I honestly expected someone to ask a question. Well, you know, what about uh, you know Medicare for all, or what about college tuition? And you know, this is mm -hmm. the issue of racism in America and in the progressive uh, spaces, particularly. Really, doesn't have anything to do with any particular issue, mm -hmm. because, like we said in the panel, every single issue that progressives are fighting for now. Black people and other people of color, especially Black people and Native Americans, we've been fighting it since we've been here. We've been fighting for equal rights and equal justice and equal representation in, under the law uh, since we've been here. 
So these kinds of issues are new to a lot of people. Um, but it was nice to be on that panel to have those um, that 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 perspective, that historical perspective, uh, echoed, and to hear it echoed from different perspectives, right? Because there was there was uh, the perspective from the native and Lat Latinx voice. Mm -hmm. There was the perspective okay. from the young, from Kenny, from from this upcoming generation. You know, the fresh fire that we seriously need. Um, cause, cause honestly at 50 years old, I know there's only so much more protesting I can do, right? There's, there's only, there's only so much more, not, not to say that 50 is old, but seriously, I've been, my first protest was the anti-apartheid, uh, protest in front of the South African embassy in high school. You know, I'm out there with my mohawk. Yes, I had a mohawk. Um, it, you know, out there banging drums with the rest of the punks in 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 front of the South African embassy, and that was twenty years ago. Mm -hmm. So you know, there there's a generation of us who have been in this struggle for a long time, and you know, we've been sitting at the feet of people who have been in the generation before us. Mm -hmm. And the truth of the matter is, we're tired, y'all. I um, actually shouted you and Hubs out on um, on Nico's uh, stream the other night. Nico House did a shout out to oh, Nico House. I appreciate Nico. You. Despite all the tension in certain spaces and in, in, in collectives, I appreciate Nico for remaining um, objective and still continuing to to include mm -hmm. me in things. So, um, but no, I was shouting you guys out because I did uh, catch your you guys's recap. You know, when you and your husband did the recap of the weekend, mm -hmm. and I appreciated a point when he was talking about how we, you can't, like, it's great that we have all the young energy and the millennials, and I guess now they call me, my generation a zennial. There's like a five year gap when we're like, we don't fit in any, we're like the misfit years. Oh. We're, the Goonies, we're the Goonies generation. It's okay. I'll take that. I will take being a Goonie any day of the week. That's, I like that one. <laughs> but I appreciate what he was saying is like, yes, you know, millennials are vibrant. They, they understand this new technology. They're moving, they're shaking. They got all these great mm -hmm. ideas. However, the elders, there is actually institutional wisdom that comes from folks who've been in these movement spaces. So we need to not forsake it and push people out the side, but actually listen. And I'm like you, I love the opportunity to set the feet of my elders. I don't know if folks got a chance to listen to the interview I did with my stepdad um, about, you know, mm -hmm. we talked a little bit about Fred Hampton and movement building yeah, stuff. That, that was um, amazing. Like, so that was girl, I finally got him to agree to a full length interview too. I'm so excited. <laughs> you, you, you're having the same, you had the same struggle that I had with my grandmother who I actually got my grandma to, um, let me record her on audio, mm -hmm. but she's just like, no, I don't want, nobody needs to see me. I'm like, grandma, everybody. Their stories, their stories <laughs> and their struggle are so remarkable. And it doesn't matter if they were some notable person in some moment. The fact that they experienced something, the fact that they lived mm -hmm. through it, they have insight and reflection and things are cyclical, right? And even though right. this, this moment now is new-ish, it's not. And, right, exactly. And there are those. And so it was really good, like some of the advice, you know, they give me because I'd be looking at them like, whatever, I will tell people what to do. And my dad's like, yeah, you can't do that, though. You just got to right. let them be. What do I care? I don't care right. because I remember when I, I was actually mad at him one day because I was asking him about the should be partner with neo-Nazis thing. 
He was uh-huh. like, well, you know, there are some folks who want to work with people and that, and you know, I just don't go work with them on those things. That's what they want to do. And then if they want to uh-huh. come work with me, I'd like, you can't bring those people with you. And I was like, daddy, that's not how this works. <laughs> but you know, at 69 years old, he's been doing this his entire right. adult life. And I got to right. sit back and listen. I mean, Hey, my dad's given testimony before the UN in Switzerland. So I should fall back and listen. <laughs> And that that is really, I mean, that's hard. It's really hard to do. It's when, when you're real passionate about something, when you, especially when you're facing injustice and you know that the injustice is uh, generational, it's, it's multi, it's, it's gone on, gone on over centuries. It, it hasn't changed. It's just, um, it's, it's just metastasized, right? It's just mutated. It's the same injustice. It's just got on a suit or khakis and a polo shirt now, mm-hmm. you know, carrying a tiki torch. <laughs> and, and so it's real hard to, to not respond automatically with just all, all, just fire all the time. Um, but then I have to remember too, that, you know, my mom integrated her high school. So she had mm-hmm. to ride a bus to her high school in a rural area where the high school was like 10 miles away on a bus full of white kids who hated her, who assaulted her every day. And my grandmother had to put her child on that bus every day, not knowing what would happen. And my grandmother did it because she knew she couldn't stop her because she was my mama and I got her. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, my father had to, you know, he had to fight, physically fight racists who lived at the bottom of the hill where his father built his house with his own two hands. Mm-hmm. The, one of the biggest houses on the block. My grandfather was a brick mason. My father is trained as a brick mason um, where they couldn't walk to the bottom of the hill because the white people at the bottom of the hill wouldn't let them and they would beat them up. They would assault them. So my father had to fight, I mean, physically. Uh, so in, in, in my zeal to wanna you know, whip people into shape and tell them how to do things, I have to remember that there's a whole generation before me who lived through this yeah, and they've got some experiences that maybe I need to listen to for how they deal with, because, because for, for this generation, the, all this is newish. I know the history, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but most of us have not gone through what our parents went through, not to the degree, you know, the, I think most of us have had a racist right. experience. Most of us have been followed in a department store. Most of us have had an issue or an experience with the police that that has left us scarred. Most of us have been called, uh, you know, a, a filthy, uh, racist, derogatory name. But but I've never had to I've never had to run a gauntlet of of racist white people because right. they didn't want to walk down the street. You and know, I- so there's this level of 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 experience and wisdom that the previous generation has. Maybe not in the form of, oh, the tactics are different, but maybe just how we keep our sanity. Maybe just how we keep our sanity in all this. Um, Because it is stressful. It is tiring. And then how do you also do this? Because it's not like you're getting paid to do this. So how (laughs) do you continue? How do you have the fortitude to continue and move forward 
and still fight the foot, fight good fight, but then still feed the family, pay the bills, do what it has to be done. Go to church on Sundays if you're a church going person, um, or go to you know, or go to Masjid, you know, Friday nights. Mm -hmm. Like, 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 how do you continue to still do that? And I, I think like one of the things that I've noticed that my dad, so my dad is like, he'll, you know, he'll, they'll try to, to catch it every once in a while. I'm, you know, my family's, they so shady. They don't, most of the, half of them don't even listen to the podcast. They're like, Yours oh. too? they're like, how did you, they're like, oh, well, you're official. I'm like, I'm <laughs> trying to tell you this. I'm like, I made everybody subscribe though. <laughs> At least on right, iTunes. right. But, you better drop some money in the good in the <laughs> But, but, but one of the things that's been really interesting is just this conversation about, oh my God, we got to end white supremacy, right? You know, Charlottesville happened and everyone was outraged a couple of weeks ago. We got to end white supremacy. The system is this, the system is that. Hillary Clinton drops her book and it's like, no, we got to protect the system. Now all of a sudden it's crickets. What's up with that? Yo, y'all all want to fight about how left you are, how progressive you are. And yet we're fighting about whether or not this woman, this entitled rich woman has the ability to you know write her truth and let's be clear it is her truth her and her acolytes some of the i'm reading the book right i work uh-huh. full time so it's not like i've had time to read the entire book already but i'm reading the book i'm reading i've been reading it since yesterday bits and pieces i'm about a little less than halfway through trying to finish it up so i can actually do my own commentary and stuff on it and i do appreciate you know some of the stuff that, that that she's talking about and i understand that it can be cathartic but part of the problem you know with people who view the world through a particular lens is that when they don't want their worldview challenged, you know their truth is going to be extremely skewed and out of touch in many instances with reality and we've seen that with her commentary in various interviews this week i mean you know most americans are between center right and center left what the hell is that like what are you actually talking about I- <laughs> like right. that don't even so, make any sense. that on a graph for me? What does that look like? <laughs> what do you mean? I mean, but it's that type of thinking that her her chasing Republican votes at the expense of actually, you know, building with, you know, quote unquote Bernie progressives in the left, right? Like right. I mean, even her comments about how Black Lives Matter activists um weren't willing to work with her and just were more interested in protesting. Maybe because you don't actually get it. I mean, there's a whole chapter about mothers, mother, and about mothers in the movement, which I'm still not oh. even understanding what movement she's she's she dubbed and referred to. But yeah. like that whole chapter, she continues to convolute the issues of police violence against you know black and brown against people of color against communities of color with mm-hmm. you know gun violence. And, and respecting police and stuff. And I'm like, this is still very disgusting. We cannot have this mutual respectability nonsense right. conversation. And, and and somehow I'm supposed to be like, oh, but it's her truth. When your truth, <laughs> when your truth is tied up in people's existence and mm-hmm. our political reality, it's a problem. Mm-hmm. And that has to be challenged. So no, I'm not gonna say, oh my gosh, she shouldn't write a book. I mean, she can do whatever the hell she please. Well, let's not pretend like, you know, this is just about her healing. I mean, she was healing. Yeah. You wouldn't need to charge $2,000 for a VIP ticket. I'm just yeah, saying. That's, yeah, I mean, that's look. some healing. <laughs> that look, I mean, her truth, can anybody's truth that's wrapped up in, in um, perpetuating my oppression, that's not mm-hmm. true. That's just oppression. That's all that is. So to continue this argument, just just from that one example you gave, because I, I I have not read the book. I'm not going to read the book. I can't do it to myself. I'm stressed out enough as it is. Um, I, I just know that that the title of the book just 
pissed me off so much. I just, I saw the title of that book and I thought, I didn't even know what was in it. I, I saw the title of that book and I thought, she is just going to continue to make excuses for the fact that she could not launch a campaign against the worst candidate in the history of presidential candidates in this country. All That's all this is. And, and the fact that she continues to in in the interviews that I that I saw the fact that she continues to deny any responsibility for the way she not that she couldn't connect with voters she wouldn't do it she well, just was so disappointing reading this book right like because there are moments there are moments mm-hmm. where I really like want to hug her and mm-hmm. I know that's that's mm-hmm. wild coming from me but like she talks about how hard it was to get pregnant with Chelsea, right? Mm-hmm. And when mm-hmm. she was, or she talks about the struggles she had as a young lawyer and having older men lawyers, you know, talk deal with her. Or she talks about when she was working on Jimmy Carter's campaign when she was young in politics. She talks about these experiences that so many people can relate to. And I really felt like these stories would have been a much better counter to the Trump mm-hmm. grabbing pussy stuff. Right. Then, then the whole like let's try it out you know like the way they went about it it was just like i'm not going to show my cards at all like mm-hmm. i mean you know they're they're you know she she she's very there are some points where she is really human and very vulnerable right oh, and, it's, and it's so yeah. real and it's like okay this is great cool and she and you know i'm not going to knock her for the drinking wine and the and the breathing and the yoga oh, yeah. you know what you know what do you she talks about how devastating it was for her to go give a speech less than two weeks after she the biggest loss ever to the worst candidate ever right you know right. But, but it was mary edelman wright who got her up and out to come speak at an event for the children mm-hmm. you know so so i mean i can i can empathize as a person however when we look at the political landscape when we look at like i just saw uh, i just saw a message come through in a, in a twitter chat um she just said in an interview that uh bernie sanders supporters are still so divisive and the problem is, is that there is no, there is no accountability. There is no acknowledgement that anything was done wrong because the mm-hmm. assumption is that no matter what they do, like her shit don't stink. That anything exactly. that she or any of her other, you know, supporters, advisors, paid staffers, anyone who's under her does is okay because they're real Democrats and anything that's done contrary to that, Peter Dow, you know, with Verit, any of that stuff is okay. It's fine because that's righteous and then everything else is somehow, you know, contrary and and, 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 and problematic. And, and there's a real lack of awareness. There's a real inability to take responsibility at all. Arguably, you could say some about, you know, supporters of Bernie Sanders. And you, you could argue that some there are some people who really are diehards that really do push very hard. I mean, there are some really funny memes that come out of all of this stuff. There, there have been. <laughs> But but all in all, like the media spin and how she presents and how her people continue to present this while she's promoting her book, being extremely divisive herself. I mean, she mm-hmm. said that women didn't vote for her because the men in their lives pressured them not to vote for her. Don't nobody go in the booth with you. They didn't vote right, for you because, right. you know, they was, I don't know what to say about them. I mean, I didn't, I didn't vote for you because I live in a red state, boo. I live in a red I mean, state and I didn't have to vote for you. 
If I had I mean, vote for her, I, I would have, but I didn't. I, I mean, listen, I, I didn't vote for her for all of the reasons that I listed on Twitter a little bit earlier and, and for some more. Oh, yeah, you wait. Let me go to your Twitter feed because you went in on Twitter <laughs> earlier. Because I, I was just like, what, you, what happened? Let me tell you what happened. Some of us remember um, what you told Africans about just, you know, forgetting 50, 100, 500 years of colonization and, you know, and, and let's just make money. Some of us, that's what happened. Some of us, you know, what happened was we listened to our Haitian brothers and sisters about the Clinton Foundation and what the Clinton Foundation didn't do and 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 the crimes they did commit in Haiti and keeping Haiti poor and broken. What happened was we really don't like being insulted um, by being told that we should vote for you because you got hot sauce in your purse. Hot sauce in her bag, swag. She had hot (laughs) sauce in her bag and she started liking, it's very interesting because in the book she mentions, she started liking Haggis hot sauce in 1992. Interesting factoid. 1992 is also when Bill Clinton had was running for president and had the famous to all of a sudden because they had to prove how southern they were was when she started liking and eating hot sauce. Mm -hmm. That was also when Bill Clinton did the infamous posing at Stone Mountain uh, with with, with black prisoners in the background to show how how southern and righteous he was and tough on crime. Exactly. I mean, what happened was some of us not only remember that she called us super predators, but some of us actually know. She didn't call you super predators. She meant that was that was the Mexican gangs. (laughs) She didn't call you a super predator. She didn't call me a super predator. We were not super predators. That was the Mexican gangbangers. (laughs) Well, some of us actually know that they knew that that was racially based from the beginning because the guy who came up with the theory went to the White House, met with the Clintons for three and a half hours and explained his little racist super predator theory to them. Uh, and that's- why you? Why are you telling people what happened when? <laughs> so so this kind of ties in, right? What you said about media spin and, and the whole thing that she's doing now. I mean, I agree with you. I don't have a problem with her writing the book. Fine, she wrote a book. Anybody can write a book, that's great. I don't have yeah. to read it. I give her money. I don't have to give her our money. That's fine and wonderful. I don't have a problem with her writing the book. And and I understand that as a human being, as a person, and as a woman, how difficult that absolutely. must have been. Oh, absolutely. I absolutely can empathize, empathize with her on those levels. But if you want me to vote for you to be president of the United States, you can't tell me that I should vote for you because you're not as bad as that pussy grabbing dude over there when I know that you absolutely dragged the women who were the victims of your own husband's sexual assault. Mm-hmm. I, you can't, I don't, you don't get a pass. Like that was one of the, the most disgusting, disgusting moments for me during the campaign, right? Was when they did the battle of sexual assault survivors. Yeah. Like yeah. That, that was both of them, right? Both, yeah. both. And we expect that nastiness from Trump. But when, you mm-hmm. know, Clinton kind of went there with it, I was just like, I really think you shouldn't go there, boo, because you're not yeah. there. Yeah. An angel. Yeah, and like, like in her book, she talks about how her and Trump weren't really friends. Like she goes, we weren't really friends with him. Like she says, we a lot, meaning her and Bill. Boo, uh-huh. your husband played, played, that was one of his, his golf buddies. What are you talking right. about? And, and Trump called his friend before he ran to get advice 
for whether he should run or not. And what did his friend tell him? Well, I think you should. <laughs> Bubba I, told him. Bubba told him to go for it. Bubba told Bubba him. Told him yep, Bubba we, gave him some tips. Exactly. So, I mean, the, the whole the whole media tour now that she's doing, it's only it, it's it's it is to do what she didn't do during the campaign, which was right. to soften her image. But but she's doing it the wrong way because she's she's trying to play the victim when we're talking about arguably one of the most powerful women in the world. Right. So the the fact that one of the most powerful women in the world could not beat Donald fucking Trump for president, a man with with no qualifications, whose 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 reputation has always been exactly what it is. Trump has never changed. And I don't know how many times I've said this, but we told you we tried to tell you that, that this is who he was. But we have people on the left, whether they are Democrats, whether they are progressives or whatever they want to call themselves, who continue to subscribe to the lesser of the two evils kind of politics mm -hmm. that got us here. That, that's why we're here. We're not, we don't have Donald Trump because um, Hillary Clinton is necessarily the devil. I did not vote for her because I don't like her policies. And I didn't like her policies, so, and I couldn't trust her, and I didn't trust her, and I still don't. But we have Donald Trump because Donald Trump is the kind of politician this system was built to create. The system, people keep saying the system is broken. No, it's not. The system is working exactly the way it's supposed to work. It rewards people like Donald Trump. It always has. It's just that Donald Trump capitalized on the 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 most powerful prize in the system publicly anyway, you know, but, but for the media's part in this, the fact that the media is not so many media personalities are not challenging her on her very messed up narrative. Like when she was on the view earlier or when she did the ABC, what was it? Oh. She, she did a CBS interview where she was mm -hmm. like, I, I immediately, you know, I wasn't winning. So I immediately dropped out and encouraged all of my supporters to support Obama. Uh, 2008 wasn't that long ago. Uh, most of us remember that you right. only dropped out after being shamed for pontificating on whether or not he might get assassinated. Let's right. keep it all real. <laughs> that was trash right there. Uh-huh. Uh -huh. And it's a black man and there are crazy white races in this country. So he legitimately really actually somebody could have could have tried him. Like right. there so many different levels of what was wrong with that. And then, you know, she still had to be badgered, but she still wasn't trying to move until she, you know, got a position, right? She negotiated an exit strategy with a position. Yeah, she did. She was really Absolutely. trying to become VP. She wanted to be the VP. Exactly. And he picked and Biden. She was bitter because she only got Secretary of State. She was bitter. This revisionist history shit is just like, come on, gonna sis. Like, like, oh my God. People are going to be like, oh my God, Jackie, you call her bitter. Well, women can actually be bitter. Just because I call a woman bitter doesn't mean I'm being beside. Because I know that's like she legit so has been bitter. I mean, she, she le And that's like, what this book tour is now. It's it's the Hillary Clinton, I'm bitter because you didn't vote for me. But tour. here's the other thing. I really do feel like some of this displaced anger on Bernie is really because she can't be bitter towards Barry because then like everybody be like, oh, bitch, you racist. <laughs> yeah, that, I think that's a... <laughs> so 
I'm just quoting people. I'm not actually calling her that. I'm just saying, like, you know, folks would be like, you know. I mean, because seriously, think about it, right? She's never been able to publicly express her anger. Because people can talk about Bernie Sanders and his supporters and this, that, and the other. Uh, YouTube of Barack Obama's speeches when he was running against her gave us all the material we needed this cycle, right? Like, there is a video clip about Hillary will say anything to win. Like... The fact about her being untrustworthy, challenging her judgment and stuff like that, Barry did it first. <laughs> it's right. all there. It's, uh, I mean, so we're, our, our criticisms of her. Um, and trust me, we got criticism of Bernie too. We do. Look, listen, when he sat on that stage and he was like, look, reparations, uh, that's not reasonable. I was like, okay, um, you're not my boyfriend anymore. I can't, you can't. You can't be serious. I my head. I was like, no, 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 no. And, and and while I understood the political practicality of the statement that he was making, because of course he's been working with Representative Conyers for longer than most of us knew who Representative Conyers was. And he's known that Conyers has introduced HR 40 every damn year since he's had that job. So he, he but knows- you what that Hil- that- But you saw what Hillary did. And so folks, folks who are upset that Conyers didn't endorse Bernie, I'm sorry. Bernie also had an opportunity to lift up Conyers and his bill. This, is how, pol- this is how politics works, people. This, it's, it's it not is. Pretty, but it, she it at is. least remembered, even though they essentially said the same thing, they did it. Because during that conversation, she at least mm-hmm. remembered Conyers, like you just said, H.R. 40 has been introduced mm-hmm. every year since he's been in Congress. Um, mm-hmm. And H.R. 40 ultimately, just like the uh, Ta-Nehisi Coates article, calls for a study. It That's calls it. For the establishment of a commission right. to do a study, right. to study right. the effects and what actually reparations, you know, just to study it, to make right. move, so that right. a determination could then potentially be made. That's all and the it funny is. Thing, and the funny thing is, we've already done that work. <laughs> I mean, we've already done all the work. There's so it's so not many like organizations, yeah. That, that exactly. Done. So it's not like it's not like Congress actually has to do any work to come up with the. All they have to do is ask us. But you know, so so that there needs to be. Um, honest and valid and and fair criticism of all politicians. I don't care how popular they are. I love Bernie Sanders. Mad respect for him. Did not like his stand on reparations. Really did not like his votes for uh, for war efforts. Really unhappy with his hedging on uh, support of the pal- uh, of Palestinians for self determination. Really un. But but that does not mean that you know I'm just gonna he's he's just he's just a trash candidate. I I, I agree with much of his perspectives, much of his policies, but he deserves some criticism for some stuff too. Um, the difference I think with Bernie Sanders and some other politicians who I have a lot of respect for is they can take the criticism and they can stand up to it and say, okay, well I I understand how you feel, but this is why I feel this way. This is at least they'll they'll they will explain their perspective. Hillary, mm-hmm. we get what happened, and and we get a whole book full of what everybody else did to her. I mean, well, now- and it's clear that she also is ripping. Is she? It's clear that she's also ripping it from like you know places 
and commentary that she's seen from other people making, right? Like yes. she quotes Peter Dow in one, one place and mm-hmm. like some other excuses that she has. And I'm like, I've, I've seen this before. I mean, mm-hmm. it, and, it, it, and it reads, it's like a long stream of consciousness babbling, like the moments where she's actually weaving together the story of her younger years and like, you know, her career and like different things. Like she talks about a moment where she felt really bad because she, she for so long had kept her and, and folks that understand you don't have to like her. Right. But you mm-hmm. got to respect some of the things that she's done. You know, like, like, right. like she talks about how like, this is like in the seventies, like the late seventies when she kept her maiden name, when they got married, she did mm-hmm. not take his last name. That was huge. That was in the seventies. That was enormous. That was a big deal yeah well they were yeah. Yeah, they were married in the 70s that was a really mm-hmm. big deal and she talked about how i think he ran for office like around an 80 like so around the time chelsea was born mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. people were telling them that he lost because her she didn't take his name like dumb yeah. stuff like that so so I, it's i remember i can't remember i think it was uh the first in the south i think it was the town hall that rachel maddow did and they showed the young hillary and stuff and i was like you know what I was like, where did that woman go? What happened to right. her over 40 the, years in politics? That, what happened to her? Yep. Yep. That that's the thing. It's it's like she has all of this, all of this experience. Mm-hmm. All of the, you know, all of this experience that they touted. She's, you know, the most qualified candidate, all of this experience. And and I watched her campaign and I and I wondered to myself, well, where is it? Where where is this experience for how to connect with and 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 serve the people because that's what we're looking for in a politician right well that's what we're looking for in in someone who rep who is supposed to represent the interests of the people and if you don't care about the actual interests of the people then how can you serve me you can't so i mean i i i have a lot of respect for her accomplishments um that got her to that point um, it, 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 you know, just because it, it is, it is, uh, Herculean, what she, mm-hmm. what she's done. It's, it is impressive what she's accomplished and what she's done, but her lack of accountability for her serious policy and public issues and errors and just flat out fuck ups. I'm sorry. You can't tell black people that. That you know, you you have the interest of black people anywhere in the world at heart. When you go to Africa and tell African businessmen, oh my God, just look. You need to forget about the past and and just you know, look. Let's just all make some money. How the hell? How? <laughs> I mean, you can't. You can't. You can't tell me about how wonderful, how strong a feminist you are. So after yesterday, I, I, had I had players, I had players club, had players club gifts. Because <laughs> you know, Diamond at the end, she's like, you know, don't let that money make you. <laughs> Girl, and make that money, don't let it make you. And then I had the other one, but I had the other one. What's her name? The one with the with the big blonde hair. And she's like, run me my money, run me my money. Folks yeah, like, you are so stupid. Exactly, Why would you do that? But that's exactly, but that is exactly what I feel. I mean, I, I it's fine to, to be, let me, let me not say ambition can screw everybody up. It's not, it's not that women should be ambitious. 
It's just that human beings in general who see ambition as the goal, you know, it, it is getting, gaining a certain office, gaining a particular position, being able to say, look, this is what I've done. Um, if that's your focus, um, especially when you're in, in public office, but I think if that's your focus in general, then you're, you're going to screw it up. And I think that that's part of Hillary Clinton's issue because she believes that she's a part of a dynasty, a political dynasty. She believes that um, she was entitled mm-hmm. to serve in the presidency um, for, for a bunch of reasons. Um, and and uh, that rather than work for it like a public servant does or should do, she felt like everybody should feel like she was entitled to. And I'm sure that's that was fine for some people, but what happened was that wasn't fine for the rest of us. And on, on this media tour, um, we're, I'm seeing so much of the, still that 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 disconnect between you're supposed to between the reality of she's supposed to be serving the people, but what she was chasing was what she felt like was owed to her, you know, and and. Um, so many people are, are, are falling for, again, falling for, um, she, it's like, she, she's letting herself, uh, be victimized. She's letting herself be seen as a victim. Well, it's very manipulative too, right? Because it it really, it really, on the one hand, there is a legitimate conversation to be had about sexism, about misogyny. I mean, we talk about it within our own spaces within progressive movement building in general, right? Mm -hmm. There is an issue. I mean, it's an American issue. I mean, we have issues with transphobia and misogynoir and all types of stuff, right? Um, These these are things that actually have to, just like we talk about racism in these spaces, these are issues that we actually really do need to address. And I know folks get snarky, you know, and I know like, Social media is just awful in terms of how uh, uh, aggressive it has gotten over the last several years. And yeah. and that is, I think, one of the biggest differences when we look back at 2008. Although social media existed, people weren't so heavily using it um, right. to advocate right. politically in the same way we are today. Um, mm-hmm. But 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 I think what you were t- when you were talking about she positions herself as this victim of this large conspiracy or these 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 this un- series of unfortunate events that just came together and denied her you know her right her moment in the sun and I think that's just such a really good point because you know there's all these excuses like well people blame us because we used Obama's data it's like it's it's like in everything that she says and people say oh she's taking accountability it's like no because when you really actually read the subtext of what she's saying she's actually blaming other people right so she's right. like people well we used Obama's strategy <laughs> right oh no, boo you did it because no. Obama never turned Obama didn't turn out massive amounts of Republican voters let's just keep it all real yes Obama got his issues but let's be real OFA was as Stacey Hopkins would say was a sight to behold it was a well-oiled machine it was ran very Uh tight and there was a Uh lot to learn from it and clearly she did not learn that much right right so you know we 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 don't but we don't get any of that from the media and and we're we're still dealing with what i'm i'm learning through being engaged so much in social media because i sure wasn't on facebook in 2008 i mean i i'm i'm sort of um i'm sort of anti-social so um you know, I avoided Facebook like the plague for the longest time. 
Um, and, and I can't even remember why I eventually got on it, but, but when I did, of course, you know, I meet, you know, see all these people that I hadn't seen and it becomes sort of addictive. And then you, because you get to listen to, or you get to learn perspectives from people that you otherwise would never have met in your life. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So, so, and, and that part I love, but the part about social media that I absolutely hate, absolutely hate it is not so much the vitriol. But it's it's being exposed to so many people who honestly don't know squat. I mean, just don't know shit about and they will argue so passionately of, with you too. I just know nothing about the electoral process. Know nothing about politics. Nothing about policy. They don't know anything about the government. They regurgitate talking points from Fox News or MSNBC or Rachel Maddow, or now, or CNN, or now we've got all these people regurgitating all this ridiculous stuff coming from these conspiracy site memes that just, it, it is, it's disconcerting to see how unintellectual, I, I'm, I'm not expecting to be pe for people to be like history junkies like me right. and my husband, right? Who we're, we're both sitting here reading, uh, uh, this book, Stamped from the Beginning by okay. Ibram X. Kendi. Um, this book is like, I don't know how many pages it is. That's just a book cover. Um, it, it's it's quite a few hundred pages. And and for us, that's like entertainment. I don't expect people to have to, to have that level of, of um, engagement. I mean, I watched C-SPAN when I was in high school. <laughs> I mean, because it was fun. I don't, I don't I don't watch it because it was fun. I watched it because my daddy had it on. <laughs> I'm gonna be I'm gonna be all real. <laughs> you know, my, my mom was the type of person who um you know she watched PBS. So mm -hmm. she made me watch PBS. And then I started to like PBS and we started to watch I Claudius and Upstairs Downstairs and and so I don't I don't expect I like upstairs downstairs. <laughs> Downton Abbey just I just but um, so, you know, I don't expect for people to have the same level of interest in things that I do, but I am just really appalled at how honestly, I, I know I'm going to get so much hate for this, but I am really appalled at how stupid people are. I just, I don't understand how you believe some of the stuff that people regurgitate. I, I just... And the only thing I can think of is that I know, of course, that our educational system, our public education system in this country was built by white supremacists to keep us all ignorant of certain things, mm -hmm. right? I, I understand that's a part of the system, the miseducation of the entire American populace. But then on the other hand, we have the media, which people are starting to wake up to and realize is corrupt um, and and is manipulative and is really just the propaganda arm of whichever political party you you favor. Fox News is the propaganda arm of the of the Republican Party. MSNBC is the proper propaganda arm of the Democratic Party. Um, CNN is I don't know what CNN is. See, I don't, I'm not sure. Um, and and we're now understanding more people are now understanding that that we have a media that doesn't inform us absolutely um, and by design by design, by design. it's designed by design. that way yeah so so this so we have now um journalists 
who will interview somebody like Hillary Clinton after this momentous loss that that honestly defies logic, right? It defies reason um, that that she would lose so terribly to somebody like Donald Trump. And the only thing that makes sense is that she ran a horrible campaign, just absolutely horrible for all the reasons we just talked about. But nobody, none of the so-called journalists challenge her with that truth. So the, the second panel I was on, um, on looping it back to, to this past Saturday was uh, breaking the stranglehold on corporate, corporate media. And I, I try so hard now to tell people um, that the reason we have Donald Trump as president, the reason we have so much dysfunction in our society and at every level of government is not because things all of a sudden went bad or because things are broken. The reason our society is the way it is is because everyone has been convinced that this is the way it was supposed to be, right? We, we have believed the narrative that's been fed to us by the media largely that we should vote for particular candidates because they have policies uh, that, that are good for the American middle class or the American working class. When the whole time, the whole time, these very same people have been robbing us blind. Yep. And they've been using racism as a way to continue to perpetrate uh, uh, this, this fraud on, on the American people. Because it, it doesn't make any sense that you would vote for a politician who is supportive of privatizing public services unless somebody can convince you that it costs too much money that you don't want to waste on certain people to continue to pay for public services that you use too. You know, so so the one of the reasons we have to stop paying attention to corporate media so much is because we've let it get us to this point. But the problem with that is now, now we're just believing anything. Now we're just, you know, Boo Boo the Clown creates a meme, puts it on Facebook and says George Soros is, is funding, uh, 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 is, is, you know, George funding Soros. Black Lives Matter to, to, to right, Black funding Lives Matter Black Lives to, Matter. to undermine the United States. To right. The United States, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, somebody creates that meme and, and because it, it, it validates our hatred of the corporate media because it validates our hatred of the government because it validates our hatred of both parties. We believe it. So social right. media becoming just another, if we're not careful, so social media can very easily become just another tool of propaganda. Right, 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 because absolutely. People, we are so, so conditioned. And, and we're so conditioned to just believe what we see if if enough people share it if enough people like it if you know if enough people comment on it then it must be true we don't do our own investigation we don't do our own due diligence and that's why people like hillary clinton can be interviewed on the view and nobody on the panel says to her well hillary what do you say or secretary clinton what do you say to people who were offended by the hot sauce in your purse joke? What do you say to people who who felt like that was personally insulting? What do you say to people who 
felt that you were manipulating the so-called mothers of the movement to get the black vote, but that you didn't actually um, communicate with the black community or people in the black community about their concern. What do you say, Secretary Clinton, uh, uh, about uh, issues that that you were involved with that or, or policies that you were involved with that ended up funneling money and weapons to Saudi Arabia? one of the most repressive regimes against women and LGBTQ people on the planet. So, and right now there are four young people in Saudi Arabia who were, you know, detained as minors who are facing beheading. So, right. I mean, there's, and that's, that's in violation of international human rights law. So, right. um, I mean, minors cannot be put to death under international human rights law. There, there are so many issues, you know, uh, uh, you know, Mujta, don't forget about Mujtaba Asawaykot, everybody right. talked with his mom a couple right. weeks ago. I mean, thankfully, you know, there, there has been a stay thus far, Hopefully, you know, further action, there's, there's a group, uh, Reprieve is a human rights organization out of the UK that's where you just, you just mentioned, you know, we see what's been happening in Burma. I mean, there's so much that's happening, you know, internationally and the way in which our electeds interact in that, in that realm and wreak so much havoc, you know, yes, we do need to see a rise in the anti-war, anti-imperialist, anti-racism movement and not just lip service here and there, but, oh, we need to protect the system. Because ultimately what you're saying to me is Donald Trump is awful, but I'm about protecting the status quo, i.e. you really don't give a damn about human suffering. You just don't want it to be as, you know, obvious or prolific as, as, it, as it is becoming under him. Um, right. Yeah, and and it's it it's been. I mean, I think for me the whole the, this whole episode, this whole period in in political history, mm-hmm. I think is necessary. I think it had to happen. Right. It, it it had to happen because I I and I know that people have said this before, and I, I don't want to keep relitigating this, but I said it so many times before. I guess it won't hurt to say it again. Um, Donald Trump had to become president. I knew he was going to be president, but he had to become president because there was no way we were going to collectively face the issues that we've been dealing with that have always been there if he hadn't been president. There was no way. If Hillary Clinton had won, we would have gone back to sleep and we would have been happy we had a woman president and patted ourselves on the back for that. And all of these other issues that we are now being confronted very rudely with, um, we wouldn't have we wouldn't have dealt with them. We they we would have kicked them down the road another four years. So I I, I am I am encouraged on one hand on the one hand that so many more people are aware of all of these these issues. On the one hand, I'm very encouraged by that. On the other hand, I'm I'm still I'm frustrated that we're still talking about Hillary damn Clinton. I mean, I mean, yeah, I I wish I wish it would be in a different way. Right. I I don't remind her talking about, you know, what happened if there really was some honest reflection. And I've said the same thing about Bernie Sanders that I feel like the Sanders camp has not had entirely honest reflection as well about why Mm -hmm. they lost. And I know there are a lot of people who are following the DNC fraud lawsuit and how they've appealed. And yes, there are various issues outside external forces but there were actually a lot of things that happened internally in the campaign within decision makers that Mm -hmm. was problematic and will definitely thwart efforts for a 2020 bid if there is one but sis we are it's getting late 
Oh, I know. I know. My husband is home and the, they're outside. I think we should record when I'm in D.C. this weekend. I think I, I, know, think we need, I, I think we I need know. to do that. I think we need to make because, that happen. Yeah, we, we do. We do. We'll be there Sunday. I thought we were going to be there Saturday, but we have to be in Richmond because uh, the I Virginia saw. I saw what's happening in, 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 in so can you just briefly tell everyone what's happened, what's going on in Richmond on uh, Saturday? So uh, apparently the, this group, the, the sons of the Confederacy, the, one of those um, pro-Confederate, Confederate States of America, these people call themselves the provisional, the provisional government of the Confederate States of America. And then they turn around and say, well, our group is about heritage, not hate. Okay. Um, I, I talked to Phil Willato this morning, and that that interview is on Coffee Current Events and Politics um, mm-hmm. uh, from today. So he explained the situation that the original group was going to um, protest at the Robert E. Lee statue on Mon- mm-hmm. Monument Avenue in support of keeping it up. But after Charlottesville, uh, the mayor of Richmond refused to grant them the permit. And uh, the mayor said that he wasn't going to grant anybody else permits to protest at the beginning. I mean, Charlottesville, Heather Heyer's murder shook people. It, it just did. It shook people to the point where the mayor of Baltimore just said, look, take all the statues down in the middle of the night, just like the Indianapolis, just like the Baltimore Colts left. That's how the statues left Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Um, because mayors don't want that kind of, that hatred and violence right. in their city. Um, so this other group has decided since the first group has not, um, has pulled out and decided not to, to stage a rally, this other group out of Tennessee decided that they're going to come to Richmond and do a rally. Um, and so we are going to be there with the Virginia Defenders on Saturday to um, present a united front with some other local uh, Richmond organizations to counter-protest uh, that group. Um, be as safe, a, sis, please. Yeah. And yeah, I definitely we, we definitely hear all about it. Yeah, so we will, I think we will all be back up here Sunday for uh, the day last two. day. Yeah, for, for day two. So we have to get together for that. And I was going to ask you if you would if you would um, come and talk to us. I will come talk to Sunday. you guys on your stream on Sunday. I would love that. And I get to meet the hubs. Yay. Not, I, just, I did not realize you had never met him. <laughs> I haven't met hubs. And we get to meet George. Hi, George. Yes, I know. <laughs> I know. It's, it's going to be great. And, and I'm so excited. And I'm really, I have to say, before we wrap up real quick, mm-hmm. I'm really excited about the work that we are individually doing. I mean, yeah. you don't focus on the same issues I focus on. You focus very much on political races, on local races, on political, on, 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 you know, specific politicians. And, and we focus on like general issues mm-hmm. and some local necessary. Like, social justice. There's enough work mm-hmm. for all of us. There's enough work for everybody to be involved in doing something where they are. Um, Absolutely. With whatever There's no need to take your shirt off and to, to be to do your punditry, to run around, you know, bashing Stop others' it. work. You did not there is more work. I don't know. You know, <laughs> I breastfed my kids. I don't know if people want to see my shirt off. <laughs> but anyway, oh. see that now, now this is getting to progressives after dark type stuff now. But um, 
you know, that's a really great point. There are a lot of us out here doing really great work. Um, I really hope, you know, Jacqueline, you had a really great idea. We, we've talked some about building out black progressive, you know, networking. Met a great sister actually out in California that has a similar idea to you. So I should actually get us all in the conversation because maybe we can start getting something going, you know, regularly yeah. at least. Yeah. Um, Follow us doing great. some type of type of work or whatever. But I have some friends who want to join us for a few minutes um, as we sign off and say goodbye. The ponies yes. are here. The ponies are here. Uh, yeah. oh, right. Wait a minute. Where's my pony? They're, they're the whole gang. The, all the My Little Ponies came to join us because it's ponies. <laughs> it's it's free pony day. Um, you know, Medicare for All is a pony and free college is a pony. I don't want a Clydesdale. I don't want a pony. You I want a Clydesdale. Well, damn. We only got ponies up in here in the socialist <laughs> game right now. We ain't giving out Clydesdale. You can, I don't know. I guess you can upgrade yours and be a little different. That's socialism, right? Um <laughs> But we have free ponies and everything's all great. And it's, you know, we might be divisive, but, you know, it's all out of love. No, we're not really divisive. You know, speaking truth, giving you, it's just astonishing how people claim that we're being divisive because we're challenging the status quo. I mean, that's why, right? We're challenging the status right. quo. We're exactly. refusing to bow, bow down to problematic narratives. But these are the same people who will stand by and watch the most racist, sexist, just disgusting commentary and attacks happen on folks like Nina Turner and Rosanna mm-hmm. Dawson, mm-hmm. you know, and even mm-hmm. us, right, as individuals. Right. These same right. people who, when you're positioning yourself as somehow you have a moral high ground, when you are consorting with the same people, I mean, Joanne Reed, say what you want about her, but, you know, I always had a certain level of respect for her, but it's, it's like, are you that obtuse that you will willfully ignore the abusive behavior of particular accounts because they co-sign what you're saying, right. you know, against quote unquote Bernie supporters when there are, there are really, there's some major accounts, particularly on Twitter that are seen as stalwarts of the resistance and they're, they're not only abusive, they're vile, mm-hmm. they engage in, mm-hmm. you know, serial sexist and racist harassment and, yep. and it has to end. So me and the ponies and Jacqueline are going to say goodnight. Good night. Hopefully we'll have some good content from the People's Congress Resistance. Check out um, Lukeman Nation because they're awesome brick by brick. I mean, the other one is so long. What is it? It's coffee. (laughs) I know. I was like, what the hell was I thinking? Coffee, coffee, current events and politics. I mean, exactly. But it, but but that's, but that gets to the point. I can't even drink coffee right now. That's a whole nother story. Can't drink coffee, liquor, carbonated beverages. I'm all messed up gastrointestinal wise. But that's a whole nother story. All this stress. But anyway, um, I'm too blessed to be stressed, and yet I'm still stressed. But thank you all for tuning in. I know it wasn't that many of many of you. I guess you know since I'm not having a. Maybe I need to. This is why people start feuds. I get it now. People intentionally start feuds so they always have a lot of viewers. Yep, that that's the tactic. But, I, but I'm not going to start a feud. No, Please check no. out the latest content from the Way of Fanoa. I just did an interview with a crew from Rewire about Care and Chaos, which is a documentary looking at. Um, Basically, it's a 20-minute documentary done by Rewire. I sat down and talked to an abortion clinic administrator um, wow. and staff from Rewire, including the, the, the director of the documentary. We talked about basically the physical barriers that, that anti-choice activists put in place to prevent women from being able to even access clinics and how, you know, the threats of violence 
and, 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 and just even, you know, the, 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 the physical force, forcefully, you know, getting people's way, um, how these things are, are, are being carried out and, and the reluctance of law enforcement to actually do anything about it. So that was a really interesting conversation, very personal conversation as well. Um, so whether you agree, disagree, whatever, it is a very good conversation. It's definitely something to consider. So I appreciate you so much for joining me tonight. I actually... I guess I got to get on a call because work never stops. <laughs> oh, thank my you so God. much, sis. I appreciate you. Thank you, sis. We love you so much. I love you guys too. And the ponies, the ponies say good night, good night. Oh, good night, ponies. Good night, ponies. I used to love my little ponies, so this is the perfect excuse for me to put them up. <laughs> good night, you guys.